Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you to everyone that has called in. Thank you to everyone that's listening via the World Wide Web and those that are even listening via the archives. I thank God for each and every one of you. I thank God for your consistency because many people are struggling with consistency, even in their breathing. Many people are struggling with just staying connected to God. But that's not the message on today, per se. So I'm going to um, see if there is anyone available to pray, um, such as uh, Minister Sylvia, are you available to pray this morning? Okay. Yes, I could pray. Thank you, ma'am. Father God, we come to you on today, O oh Lord, asking you to open our hearts and our minds and open our mouths, God, to ask you to forgive us of every sin, God, every sin that we, that we have committed, God, whether we are aware of it or not, God. But if it's sin in your eyes, God, we're asking you, to forgive us, O oh Lord. God, we ask you to teach us how to want an appetite to pray for one another, pray over one another, pray with one another. God, for even if we're not able to talk to the person, we're able to pray, God. Because if we can't send anything, God, we can send prayer. God, we just ask you for your people to just Line up with your word, God, to open their eyes to see what the word has said and what's happening in the world, God, because we are not ignorant of saying devices, God. We are ignorant of choices. God, I'm asking you right now to help your people make the choice to love what you love, hate what you hate, and to open their eyes, their mouth, and their hearts to be available for the kingdom, God. It's all about the kingdom. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the foundational scripture for this ministry. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God, add unto your people the desire to change their appetite concerning you. God, we just ask you right now to be our God, and we'll be your people. God, we just ask you to open our mouths as we see something, say something, and everything we see, we pray about everything, God. God, we ask you to heal the saints. We ask you to heal every minister that's associated with this ministry, Smile 3, Iron Shopping Iron. God, we just ask you to touch their bodies and their minds. Let them speak, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And let them believe and walk in that resource of being healed by the magnificent power of the Holy Ghost and of the Lord. Cover us with your blood, O oh God. Give us ears to hear on this morning, a heart to receive on this morning, and give us a mindset changing. Not changing of the mind, a mindset changing. In Jesus' name we pray this prayer. And it is so and so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Minister Sylvia, for that prayer. Thank you, um, even uh, Minister Margo. Uh, I've been praying um, for Minister Margo, uh, as we all know, or maybe we don't know, because this is the World Wide West, so there's people that could be saying, who is Minister Margo? Because this is their first time listening. She is one of our ministry gifts that God has blessed us um, to be connected to. She is um, going through a few um, things dealing with her health. And so I ask you to pray with us and um, to pray for her, your God-given prayers. 
Um, not necessarily what you want to pray, but what God has given you to pray for her. For I have found that many times um, we say we're going to pray, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. I've found that many times we are praying prayers based off of what we think. And I want us to ask God to do what evil minister Sylvia had prayed about. We want to pray about our appetite to pray that it lines up with whatever God has given um, us to pray. Not what we want to pray, but once again, what God has given us to pray. And if God has given us to pray something, we pray it the same way we breathe. We don't think about breathing. We just do it. Well, today we're actually going to talk about a type of breathing. And not only are we going to talk about this type of breathing, this breathing is connected to life or death. This breathing pattern is a type of loud, raspy, and then other times it's a quiet breath. It's something that people experience usually when they're on hospice care and they're dying in the natural. So just just stay with me, stay with me. I know you may be, well, why is she talking about that? Just stay with me. We're going to talk about this. And it periodically um, causes a person to not breathe for seconds until there's no further breath. It's called chain stoke breathing. One of the most common causes of changed dose breathing is heart failure or stroke. Although it's considered rare, it occurs in about 25% to 50% of people who have had or having heart failure. Changed dose tends to be the worst when people sleep on their back. It's a condition that at least five apneas, absence of breath or hypoxia happen at night. So it's either low breathing or the absence of breathing. And many times um, people don't even realize that these cycles of erratic breathing has occurred 30 seconds to two minutes. Um, This type of breathing um, is what some people will call a crescendo decrendo pattern. And many people don't realize they're having these types of dysrhythmias with their abnormal breathing. Some physical signs, and we're going to talk about spiritual signs too, because we have people that are having chain-stoke breathing in the spirit. They seem like they're okay, but they're having crescendos and descendos patterns in the very operation of what God has called them to. See, in the natural, the physical signs of death that is nearing or impending death may be fatigue, sleepiness in the daytime, difficulty, or labored breathing, loud snoring, sudden coughing fits, um, periodic uh, limb movements during your sleep. But see, in the spirit realm, the person can always be in the church service, falling asleep, not listening to the message, but falling asleep. They uh, are always late for service. They always got to make a grand entrance. They always have to 
um, when it's there, when it's not their turn, they're always unprepared. They're, they're always um, not ready. They their consistency changes when it's not about them. Um, they truly believe they love the Lord, but they haven't seen the periodic um, inability to remain consistent. And so talk about me. So when I dealt in the past, and I do mean this in the past because it's, it, it was a hard lesson that God had to teach me. But see, I realized that our God doesn't have chain stokes breathing when it comes to us. And so I was asking God because I was dealing with people that were inconsistent. They were always wavering. They were always jerking with their consistency in things that I always supported them with, but they always had a problem with their support for the things of God. I didn't say of Cecilia, of God that he had given me. And so when God started to deal with me about this desire for me to uh, chain Stokes breathing, dealing with other people, he said, Cecilia, my son Jesus is consistent with you. I'm your father. I'm consistent with you. My Holy Spirit is consistent with you. It doesn't matter what weekday, what weekend, what nighttime, daytime, hour it is. I stay consistent with you. What are you focusing on? What are your eyes looking at? Are you watching me or are you watching people fail? Sometimes they don't even realize they're having this inconsistent, erratic breathing in the spirit realm. They don't even realize that they have become a symptom that is discouraging their leader, their family, their friends, or, or, or on their job or whatever. They don't realize that they've become or are starting to become a backslider in the spirit realm. Looking good, they're sounding good, but they're becoming a discouragement to you. I said, but God, what do I do, whether it's a sinner or a saint? How do I handle the fact that these people have no remorse and they don't even realize what they're doing? Or even if they realize, God, what do I do? And you know what he said? He said, watch me, watch me. Watch me, watch me. Watch me, watch me. He said, consistently, watch me, watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Watch me, watch me. Cecilia, do you know how many times you have had chain soaked breathing throughout your life, and I still blessed you? Do you remember how many times you were inconsistent with me, and I still blessed you? I said, yes, God, but some people appear to be lost and dying and don't even know it. Some people will willfully reject you, God. Some people... Uh, will willfully take your truth that they know and start to do whatever they want to do because it's all about them. I said some people know no boundaries even when it comes to sin and redirecting their worship, their evil. I said, God, 
some people change their very acknowledgement of who you are and if they need you or not. He said, Romans 1 and 32 says, although they know God's righteousness and decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them with them. So like I said, stay with me, stay with me. Minister Sylvia's prayer this morning was so on point. It talked about the appetite. Many times in life, we're losing our appetite for Christ. Many times in life, we are totally walking away from God and the things that he's told us to do. And it's connected to us not realizing that chain-soaked breathing is something that happens physically right before we completely shut down. On this week, I had, um, or rather last week, I uh, attended a court thing uh, for my sister um, who was murdered last year. And I realized that during that session, I had become physically weak because of disappointment. I had become physically and mentally depressed, so pressed, oppressed, irritated. I was like, God, I'm tired of this. I need this to be over. And God said, you're being honest. So the way for you to combat physically being weak is to come and ask me for a refreshing, a refilling, restoration. I said, God, but I feel my breathing on a natural and in a natural realm, it's labored. I feel like I'm stuttering and having problems in the spirit realm with what I'm really feeling in my heart. God, I just can't breathe. I need to get this feeling out of me of just being tired of what's going on. And he reminded me how the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And we're going to get to the latter part of the scripture, but just hold on, put a pen in it. I said, God, my heart is overwhelmed. I'm changing, and I have changed my ability to eliminate and destroy and regulate the things that I naturally do when the enemy tries to overwhelm me. God, don't allow me, I'm asking you, don't allow me to become incontinent in my prayers for others. Don't allow me to become incontinent in my messages and sermons that you give me for your people. Don't allow me to even think about it, God. I want to be completely stable in my thinking and ability to eliminate this problem. This problem that that in the natural, if I was having change, so my feet might be swelling, my ankles might be swelling, my hands might be swelling. But in this right here, God, I feel that there's witchcraft and rebellion and sorcery that's going on that's trying to discourage me when I need to be praying for my family as we go through this and praying for the various friends that are going through this with us, praying so that I can trust you because I know when I get through this, I'm going to live again. Because people don't understand 
that many times the conditions, whether it's brain tumors, encephalitis, intracranial pressure, brain injuries, um, chronic pulmonary edema, they're things that in the natural, if you look at them, you may not see that it's causing you in the spirit realm to have incorrect thinking and behavior, unchristlike things, to the point of it getting even worse to continually having stinking thinking. Have you ever talked to someone that always says, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. You're study trying to encourage them, but all they're saying is, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's the same thing that when people are having interruptions in their brain, their body is saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. When they're having interruptions in their heart, their heart is saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, this morning when I got up real early in the morning for a biological break, I noticed that I got dizzy. And I was walking in the room with Spinner, and I realized that someone had tried to give me advice about how to take um, this so-called medicine that God was giving me for something that I deal with in my health. And God reminded me, if you have taken their advice, right now you're in the house you really would have been in bed at this time. And so you would not have experienced this side effect of this medication that causes dizziness. And I said to God, I thank you, because it says that on the prescription so (laughs) clearly about the side effects, and this person was telling me, no, you shouldn't take it at nighttime when you go to bed. You should take it in the daytime. And I realized that the word of God talked to us about taking advice from the foolish. It talks about taking advice from those who are not wise. And I thanked God that I heard them, but I didn't do what they said. And the reason that I bring that up is that Sometimes God has given us advice. He takes us to his word that says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. And then the enemy will send someone that wants to act like they know better. They know how you should be doing the ministry that God has given you, not that he's given them. What I love about the people that God has connected me with in Smile3E is that everybody does their own ministry, how God has taught them to do it. And so then we don't have these central episodes of no breathing, these central episodes of no or low breathing. Because, see, in the spirit realm, if we were to have them, it would be people talking about and doing things that God didn't call them to do. But God is calling us back to consistency in what he's told us to do. See, the finger does what the finger does. The arm does what the arm does. The neck does what the neck does. The ears do what the ears do. The eyes do what they do. The knees do what they do. The feet do what they do. The back does what it does. And yet, if the back tries to breathe for me, I'm going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. If my shoulders try to see for me, I'm going to have a problem. But as we work in ministry, We all do what we're appointed to do. My nose isn't trying to pick up the glass of water because that's what my hands and my fingers do. 
But see, when you're having apnea or, or, or low breathing in the natural, that means that your lungs aren't doing what they've been assigned to do. So somebody would say, well, Cecilia, what are you really saying? I'm saying that we don't all need to try to direct what God is directing. Because if God is telling the hand to do one thing, and he's telling the eyes to do another thing, and that's what he set them up to do, we all have to work together. Because, see, when people are having chain strokes breathing, we in the natural give them supplemental oxygen. Well, in the spirit, when we are having problems breathing, we worship God even more. We humble ourselves before God even more. We give charity even more. We exalt God even more in all things, in all places, everywhere, every day, every hour, every millisecond, every nanosecond. We worship God even when it seems impossible. We worship God. So although it may seem like everything's all right, somebody needs some supplemental oxygen on today. Somebody needs to hear Ezekiel 36 and 26 that says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from which your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. They need to hear Ephesians 2 and 8 that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, but it's a gift of God. They need to hear 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. They need to hear Titus 3 and 5 that says, He saved us, not because of our works done by our own righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. They need to hear 1 Peter 1 and 3 that says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, we need a fresh anointing of God's grace. We need a fresh anointing of his hope. We need for God to rejuvenate us and remind us that First John 5 and 1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is Christ was born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. So even if in our thinking we're criticizing and, and, and talking about what others should be doing, God already told the hand what to do. God already told the foot and the toes what to do. God already told our lungs what to do. God already created our mind to stay on Jesus, our mind to stay on God, our mind to stay on God's Holy Spirit. Watch me, watch me. That's what God is saying. Keep your eyes on him, not on what you think other folks should be doing, because if we would be honest, we need for God to keep us focused on what we're supposed to be doing. If we would spend more time asking God to change my appetite, make my attitude better, help me to do this uh, where you told me to go, whether it's Hades or Africa or Puerto Rico or Mexico or just Arkansas or Arizona or just on the south side or the west side or just wherever we would live or do live, we would be able to say, God, Acts 2 and 38 said, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So while we're looking at others, let's look at ourselves. Let's do an internal examination. Let's do an internal examination of our heart, our own agenda. Are they lining up with what God wants us to do? 
is the pattern, the new pattern, the rhythm, the normal rate that God wants us to breathe, want us to walk in? Is it what it should be? Or are we coughing noisily and, and, and breathing so much that we're starting to, in the uh, natural, have fluids accumulating in our throat? Are we starting to shut down? Are we starting to have abnormal breathing, noisy breathing? Are our eyes glassy? Are our extremities cold? Are we dealing with purple or gray or pale or blotchy skin on our knees and on our feet? Are we having a weak pulse? Are we changing in our very consciousness? Are we unresponsive? Is our blood pressure decreasing? Some people would say, well, if you're having that, Let's have some CPR, which is an emergency procedure consisting of chest compressions and that are combined with artificial uh, ventilations that uh, we do to restore the blood circulation and the breathing that a person is having when they're under cardiac arrest. But the truth of the matter is in this situation, the body is failing. So although you may get it to continue in that uh, 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 low state, it won't be able to have a full functioning of the body because CPR, CPR will prolong the inevitable, which is a spiritual or natural death. So we don't need CPR, but we do need to keep our eyes on God. We do need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We do need to keep our eyes on what he told us to do, not what he told somebody else to do, Many times God is telling us to do something and we're trying to tell somebody else what to do. But remember, we need a miracle. Let me tell you about a few miracles. When Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish, and then they had 12 baskets of leftovers afterwards, it was because Jesus kept his eyes on what God had told him to do. Remember, the disciples didn't understand why he wanted the people to sit down because they didn't have enough. That's why they needed a miracle. Even when the woman with the issue of blood knew that all she had to do was touch the hem of God's garment, Jesus' garment, so that she could be made whole because she had been wandering around for 12 years dealing with this bleeding issue. But God gave her a miracle. She was bleeding out. But no one could heal her. But God gave her a miracle. And he even called her. He made it personal. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. How many people are bleeding on today? And you've been bleeding a long time. And all you need to do is touch the very hem of his God in prayer, in supplication, in worshiping him in spirit and in truth. How about the royal officer whose son in Capernaum was dying. He was sick. But Jesus told him, go. Your son will live. We just need a word from God. We just need a word from Jesus. We just need to submit to God's Holy Spirit so that we can be restored, so that we can be healed, so that we can have the miracle that God is using us to have. I know it looks like we're having setbacks. We, we keep dealing with this. We keep dealing with that. But the testimony, my God, but the sermon, my God, but the lesson that God is using you to teach us. Like I said, CPR won't work. You need a miracle. Because we don't want you in that same state or for that thing to be prolonged, let me share a few miracles with you. I talked about a few from the Bible, but these are some that I that I was even a part of sometimes. In my second trimester of pregnancy, 
Um, They told me that they would need to perform surgery on me, and they actually cut me open, and they took my uterus out. And while they were in the operating room, this is what the doctor um, let me know. He said, they said, let's just do a hysterectomy. Let's just get rid of everything. I said I was in my second trimester of pregnancy with my son, Brent. Well, the doctor said, no, she's too young. I know we've never done this type of thing before where we took someone's uterus out and we went in and we took the tumor out and we put the uterus back in. He says, but she's too young. We're not going to do a hysterectomy on her. We're not going to kill her unborn child. We're not going to make it where she can't have more children. Well, child is Brandon. And he's in his 30s right now, and he has a wife and his own children. That's one miracle. First of all, that God told the head doctor to tell him no. But I was already told I would possibly have a hysterectomy if they couldn't get the tumor out. Well, let's talk about another one. Uh, Prophet Anton alluded to it on Friday night. When they told his mother to go home to die, hospice care is usually two sets of 90 days uh, time span, which ends up being six months. At the most, people usually live up to nine months to a year. But she lived eight and a half years longer than what the doctor proclaimed. God's a miracle worker. Apostle defeated cancer for eight and a half years longer than what the doctor said. When they told my family that I would stay in a comatose state, and even if I came out, I would never walk again, but I'm awake, and I've been awake for many years. I've been walking, I've been running, I've been doing all the things that they said I would never do, but I had a miracle. I had a praying mother, I had praying family members, that even when I was yet walking in my version of what the world calls sin, my mother's prayers and my family's prayers got through We were told at one time that our mother's brain activity was null and void, that she was brain dead, so to prepare for her death. But my mother woke up. She lived many years. She cooked for us. She went to church. She did so much more when the doctor said, just prepare for her death. But she has no brain activity, a miracle. My sister and I was told to take her home because they couldn't do any surgery on her. She had an occlusion of over uh, 90% that was um, the vessel, blood vessels leading to her brain. So it was inoperable. They couldn't do it. But God told us to go to another hospital and get another opinion. And at that hospital, what they said couldn't be done God gave us a surgeon that did the surgery, and she's still here today. She's a consistent and faithful uh, person that works on Sundays, Mondays, and Fridays. See, it was a miracle. Another one, when I was in the combat zone and people were dying all around me, not just from the scuds, but from when the five-ton, that's the name of the uh, vehicle we were uh, riding in, or the deuce and a half, would turn over and then the bows uh, would go through people's hearts. And that was the vehicle that maybe I should have been in, but God didn't allow me to ride in those vehicles that were turning over when I was driving in the sandstorms and many people were driving in the sandstorms and leading the people behind them were ending up in enemy's camp. 
but God allowed me to drive in the sandstorms, and I mean blinding sandstorms, to safety. When I had to deal with racism, even in the war zone. And it's unheard of that a minority person like me with no political connections, no silver spoon in my mouth, would be able to talk to my mother in the war zone. That's right. But my mom had the king of kings and lord of lords on her side, so much so that she called on her personal phone, but she reached me where she could talk to me in the red zone, in the war zone, right in the midst of the battle. We weren't in peacetime. We were actually in a conflict. And I was saying over and out, and she was talking like she would regularly talk. But God told my mother to call me because of the racism and the various things that I was dealing with over there in the war zone. And see, many of you have testimonies on how God has performed a miracle in your life. Right when it appeared to be you were at the last straw, you were experiencing chain-soaked respiration in your life, and it seems like you were about to die, not only in the natural but in the spirit realm. You've experienced setbacks, but God has performed a miracle for you on today and on yesterday, and on the next day. The Clark sisters have a song, and that song says, I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. I feel the intangible. I see the invisible. The sky is the limit to what I can have. Just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. Just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. So what appears to be impossible, what appears to be intangible, what appears to be invisible, there is no limit on what God can do and what you've already seen him do. So before I end this message on today, I want you to testify about the miracles that God has done for you and others about the miracles that you have seen and heard with your very own eyes and your very own ears. On today, tell the people on this World Wide Web, tell the people that are listening on Blog Talk, tell the people that are listening to the archives of the miracles that God has done for you. And if you can't think of one, look at the ones in the Bible. If God did it for them, he'll do it for you as you keep your eyes and your ears attuned to what God is saying and not the foolish wisdom of other people or people trying to get you to do what God has called them to do. Stay focused. Obey God. You're a walking, living epistle Red of men, right now, you may be struggling, but right now, you are who God said you are. You are a daughter, a son of God. Your DNA matches. God is your father. God is your miracle worker. God is your restoration. God is your answer. God is your miracle worker on today. And he's already obliterated the very cause of those chain-soaked breathings in your life. Live, 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 live. In Jesus' name, share your testimony. I turn the program over to Minister Sylvia or whoever wants to share their testimony of miracles. For God has a miracle, and he's going to perform it for you today, today, today. Amen. 
thank you, Lord, for the service on today. God, we thank you for letting us know to keep watching you, to keep tuned in to you. You as a pre-programmed in our lives. God, we watch you take care of us. I thank God. We will live, live, live because we are on assignment for our appetites to be changed for what God is doing. The lines are open. If anybody would like to make a comment or give a testimony of God's miracle working powers in their life, the lines are open. Speak now. God bless you, Minister Margo. I thank God for the message on today. I thank him because I know I am a walking miracle. God has always been there, always brought me through. On a particular day in 2006, I had felt as if I was going to not be able to breathe. So my husband said, uh, let's go to the hospital. And I said, no, I'll be fine. I'm scheduled to see the doctor in a couple of days. So I continued on having to labor a bit to breathe. The next day, I was in my home, all of a sudden I felt as if I was going to pass out, try to make it to my bedroom, and I passed out. I lost consciousness. I lay there on the floor thinking hours had passed when only minutes had passed. She tells you that. In God, time is not like what we think it is. And the Father, in his graciousness, tapped me on the shoulder and woke me up again. That day, he woke me up twice. I went to the phone and called my mom. And it was as if alarms were going off in my head. I could hear sirens and noises and just could not do anything, but I reached to her. She prayed for me and said, now you get dressed and get to the hospital. After I got there, they told me I had had an embolism, that a blood clot had come from my leg, gone through my body, and through my heart. And once it went through my heart, it caused me to lose consciousness. I was in the hospital for a while, but then my doctor told me, you've had a life-threatening experience. You did not have to wake up. You are only here because of the goodness of God. God is good, saints. He's always there. He's right there. Sometimes we feel as if, We have to try and make it on our own, but God has told me over and over again, you do nothing on your own. Amen. Cecilia was talking about, Apostle Lech was talking about breathing. Mm. We don't even breathe on our own. God causes that. God enables us to breathe. Look to God. Knowing that whatever you go through, wherever you are in your journey, you're not alone. God is with you. Be blessed, saints. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Minister Margo, for that awesome, awesome testimony. Is there anyone else at this time would like to speak? Again, I just want to say I thank God for the lesson on today because if we all look at it, we all have different testimonies, different miracles, 
different times that God has showed up and showed out in our lives. That's why you always hear the saints say, God has no respect to person. It's not a competition. All it is is that it's a completion that God is completing in us to be able to share with people to let them know what God has done for me, he'll do it for you. If you just stay in tune with God to acknowledge everything he does for you. I didn't say if you, we all were saved because if I'm not mistaken, majority of us, if not all of us, when we first went through our first miracle from God, we were in a mess of a mess, walking in mess in our lives. And God showed up and showed out and gave us opportunity to acknowledge him as our personal Savior, even when we didn't show him the love and respect. So I'm going to ask again, is there anyone that would like to make a comment at this time to tell what God has done for them or just to say amen? The lines are open. Okay, I would like to say we thank you for tuning in today, joining us on this Sunday morning as you were getting ready or driving to church to hear what God has had to say to the body of Christ. Just remember, God makes no mistakes. Everything God does, he does for us. Just remember, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching. Keep watching what the words say. Keep applying the word to your life. Keep applying the word to your life. See how the world is lining up with the word. Therefore, you will be lined up with the word of God. We want you to know that our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you come back next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be back to hear our very own apostle like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. If you come back on tomorrow night, which is Monday night, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, You'll get to hear our very own Elder Ron Montgomery and his lovely wife, Mother Tony Montgomery, speak on family, God's way for the family, God's word about the family, God teaching us about family love. If you come back next Friday for our service at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you'll get to hear the Friday night ministry of Let's Talk, which this will be my Friday, Minister Sylvia Kaiser's turn to minister. We want you all to know this is Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, Blog Talk Ministry, and the program is called Let's Talk. At this time, I hand it back over to our overseer, possibly like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. Be blessed, everyone. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the service done today. We thank you for the many testimonies from Genesis to Revelation. And yet, God, we also thank you for the testimonies that you have given each and every one of us in our lives as we're pilgriming and going through this pilgrimage in this place called Earth. We thank you that we're walking, living epistles, read of men, and that as we keep our eyes on you and we keep our focus on you, that you're using our lives and the things that we experience to help somebody else. Somebody needs our testimony because they're looking to the left, the right, and the front, and the back, and they don't see a way 
that they'll ever make it through. But God, you are using each and every one of us. I thank you for all of those ministry gifts. Minister Sylvia, Dr. Margo, Dr. Wright, Elder and Elder Montgomery, Prophet Antoine, Servant Pastor Joy. God, I even thank you for those that have been in ministry with me during year 2000 and to now. God, and that they're doing the things that you call them to do, and they're doing it in excellence. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you for reviving us. Thank you for refueling us. Thank you for giving us fresh wine and fresh new wine skin. Thank you for all that you're doing. And every time you encourage us, and every time you perform a miracle in our lives, so that people can see you are still working miracles, signs, and wonders for your glory. Keep doing what you're doing, God. I know you don't need me to tell you that, but I am so thankful. I am so grateful, and so are the people on this line, God, that you are our God. Mm, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Minister Margo for the miracle that you're performing in her life and for the miracle that you're performing in Pastor Troy's life. I thank you, God, for when they get you on the other side, the many people that are going to be drawn to you as they lift you up so that you can draw men unto you. Thank you for the miracle in Minister Margot's life, the three M. The minute, the miracle, the miracle, the miracle in Minister Margot's life. The three M taste that they give us in this world is nothing like the three M's you've given us on today. The miracle in Minister Margot's life. We thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. amen.